0: Hello, everyone. It's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Tim B. In Jonathan Eig's new book, King, A Life, he aims to do something many writers have tried before, to say something new about one of the most researched and studied people in American history, Martin Luther King Jr. And in this epic work, he seems to do just that, by delving into the specifics of the people and events that shape the person behind the legend, and how central figures like his father, Martin Luther King Sr., informed so much of how King chose to move or not move through life. I spoke about the book with NPR Steve Inskeep.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor Acorn TV. Acorn TV isn't just good, it's brilliant. With exceptional television from around the world. Their romances are more charming, their mysteries cozier, their noirs more gripping, and their comedies cleverer. More clever? Oh, you get it. Acorn TV is brilliant stories told brilliantly. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. So, in a nutshell, Acorn TV. Brilliant.
2: The life of Martin Luther King is one of the most famous in American history. But in that life, one thing is easy to overlook. How young he was. King became a nationally known civil rights leader in his mid-20s. When he gave the famous I Have a Dream speech in Washington in 1963, he was in his early 30s, though his voice suggested the gravity of long experience. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history. We know that cadence, the drawn-out words precisely pronounced, the pauses between each phrase— The biographer Jonathan Eig found a recording of a voice with a similar cadence, one that King grew up hearing. It's an oral history of his father, Martin Luther King, Sr.
1: I was born in the midst of segregation at its height, and I was able to see many injustices leveled upon my
0: people.
2: Jonathan Igg spends a lot of time on Martin Luther King Jr.'s youth in his biography, King, A Life. We learn that King's father grew up with a different name, Michael King, and adopted the name that his son later made famous. It was part of the father's self-invention after growing up as a sharecropper's
0: son. He's working on a farm. His father And mother are stuck in poverty, unable to escape the white landowner in Stockbridge, Georgia. And Martin Luther King Sr., at age 12, walks barefoot out of Stockbridge toward Atlanta to make himself a new life and begins teaching himself to read and write, setting the groundwork to become a preacher, to become an activist, and to raise one of the greatest activists in American history.
2: What did it mean that Martin Luther King Jr., unlike his father, was able to grow up in relative prosperity in a prosperous part of black Atlanta?
0: One of Dr. King's friends told me that he thought Martin Luther King was really exceptional in that he did not seem to be bruised by racism in quite the same way that so many of his peers were. He had a little bit of a buffer growing up on Auburn Avenue in Atlanta, growing up in this preacher's family. You know, he had a bicycle, he had a pet, he had a dog. He lived in relative comfort. And because his family was so prominent, he was able to see a lot more opportunity than than maybe some other people who were going to school with him had at that time.
2: What were some aspects of the father's character
0: that deeply affected the son? Well, he was a very difficult man. He was very stubborn. He was violent at times. He, you know, he used the belt to spank his children in public, sometimes out in the yard. And if one of the neighbors came by and, and yelled, he'd spank that kid too. So he was a difficult man who set very high standards for all three kids. And he also really was overly protective. And And when Martin Luther King Jr. became the leader of the Montgomery bus boycott and his home was bombed, Martin Luther King Sr. was there the next day saying, You're coming home with me. I'm not letting you stay here in this kind of risk your life in this danger. Hmm. And uh, it was very difficult for Martin Luther King Jr. to stand up to his father. He struggled with that all his life. Is that something that affected his approach to people later on? It really did. One of the interesting things about King is that he's a protest leader who really does not like conflict. He is always going out of his way to avoid conflict with people who are his elders, or who seem to be his superiors in some ways, people like Uh, Roy Wilkins at the NAACP, or A. Philip Randolph. And then that plays out, too, when he becomes um, a negotiator with presidents, and he really um, doesn't like conflict. He has to push himself, really, out of his comfort zone to, to argue, to debate, to really challenge some of the leaders of this country.
2: I'm amazed at the amount of education this young man sought at such a young age, given that his father had had virtually none
0: right he skipped grades and went to Morehouse you know 2 3 years younger than most of his classmates then went to seminary and went to um get his doctorate at Boston University always the youngest in his class and his father really was against it his father thought to be a preacher you don't need all that education Morehouse was enough daddy king thought but martin always wanted to exceed his father he wasn't comfortable with the way his father preached he didn't like the emotionalism he didn't like that country style preaching and young martin luther king jr wanted to show that he could go beyond just like most of us want to go beyond our you know our parents uh, we want to see what, you know how far we can go beyond what they've established for us right how did
2: king junior emerge as the leader of the montgomery bus boycott in 1955
0: this is one of the miraculous moments in american history where the right person happens to be in the right place at the right time and martin luther king junior was not looking to become a leader he was looking to get his church um in shape and perhaps move on to a, a bigger church or to a job as a as a college professor but when the Montgomery bus boycott began they were looking for somebody who could serve as the spokesman he wasn't even asked to become the the president yet he was just asked to be the the spokesman because he hadn't been around long enough to make enemies so people thought he might be able to unite the community and they already knew that he was a terrific speaker so king steps up to the podium at holt street baptist church on december 5th 1955 and and gives this incredible speech. And it's the first time that most people in Montgomery have heard him. And suddenly, he inspires them in a way that is just profound. They're, they're ready to, to walk. They're ready to march. They're ready to, to do it as long as required. If we are now, the Supreme Court of this nation is now. If we are now, the Constitution of the United States
2: I'm just thinking of the pressure this person then faced in the years that followed. Seen as the representative, in some ways, of an entire race, under FBI investigation, under threat, under violent threat, repeatedly arrested, finally assassinated. What, if anything, in his youth prepared him to withstand that pressure?
0: The Bible. I'd have to say it was his faith in God. Um, And he said it over and over again that um, God called on him to do this. That called on all of us to live up to the words of of the teachings of, we were in the Bible that we're here to serve God. We're here to try to make the world a better place, and it's not about ourselves. And um, that's not to say he didn't feel the pressure. He was hospitalized for depression numerous times, and he suffered. He, he knew that his own government was out to destroy him. They were tapping his phones. They were um, listening to his conversations in hotel rooms. He still did the work, and he still doubled down. He never backed off of, of his convictions. He, he stuck to what he believed in and was willing to risk everything for it. Jonathan Eich is the author of the
2: new biography, King A Life. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the Spark Cash Plus card, you earn unlimited 2% cash back on every purchase for your business. Find out more at capitalone.com slash Plus. Terms and conditions
2: apply.